0: And now, on to the podcast. Thank you for joining. Welcome back to the podcast. As we continue in this series, Fear is a Liar. And uh, we've already gotten into, well, we're moving into number six now of these this uh, several-part series. And if you're not familiar with my podcast, I typically run them in series. So it's a good idea to try to listen to all of the series, especially if you're just jumping in with us now. Uh, so that you can get the, the whole picture of what we're trying to convey in these. And uh, so we are on part six today, and uh, each of them is only about seven eight minutes long, so it doesn't take long to catch up if you need to. All right, well, we just covered the five deceptions of fear. Now I want to start getting into a, a little bit deeper dive than I have in the past on what happens to us physically and physiologically, what causes us to become paralyzed, what makes us uh, become sometimes irrational and, uh, and reactive, what causes us to uh, almost become captive to the fear in a physiological sense as well as a physical sense. So the, the fight-or-flight response, everybody's pretty much familiar with that, and, and I've talked about that before. Okay, That's a release of a, a, adrenaline and cortisol, uh, which is necessary whenever you are in a life-threatening situation or you know if you're in a battle of some kind where you have to fight back uh, because the you know the the adrenaline gives us that superpower and the cortisol it paralyzes the frontal cortex of our brain, keeping us from reasoning ourselves out of doing what we whatever we have to do to survive. Okay, in some cases people pick up a car or you know pick up something else that's just beyond what would what they would normally be able to pick up to save someone else's life or to save their own life, etc. etc. And we've all heard stories like that. Okay. Um, but when this happens, all right, it, it, it begins with the amygdala. Now, the amygdala is an almond-shaped bundle of neurons that forms part of the limbic system. It plays an important role in the processing of emotions, including fear. And I'm sure some of you have heard of the amygdala hijack before, and that can send our emotions on quite a roller coaster ride. That's what actually causes things like road rage, and you know where people snap, right? So the, the amygdala is able to trigger activity in the hypothalamus, which activates the pituitary gland. Uh, this is where the nervous system meets the endocrine or hormone system. Okay, now I know I'm using a lot of uh, medical or technical terms, I hope you can follow me. I'll try to make sure that I go slow enough and try to explain some of this so you understand a little bit better. So when this happens, and it all kind of happens really fast, the pituitary gland then secretes uh, adrenal corticotropic, which is ACTH, and uh, and and it's a hormone that goes into the blood. At this time, the sympathetic nervous system, a division of the nervous system responsible for the fight or flight response, gives the adrenal gland a nudge, and that encourages it to you know disperse a dose of epinephrine into the bloodstream. So I hope that you're kind of getting a picture of this whole motion or process of when fear happens, um, especially intense fear, uh, you know, it can begin to create this whole chain reaction effect that starts to alter our physiology, which is going to lead then to, you know, some sometimes irrational states um, and, you know, even up. Uh, a, a warping, if you will, of the thought process because you're in more of a reactive state than you are in a logical, you know, uh, uh, stable state, okay, and, and actually EMS workers are taught how to do deep breathing and, and other uh, exercises to lower the cortisol level and and prevent irrational thinking in times of emergency, so it's a good idea to you know think about practices like that. We are definitely going to get into some more solutions on that end. But my point is that if, if you don't do something to switch this chain reaction that's happening inside of you off, uh, it's, it's going to send you in a bad direction. Okay, And, and that can be not only at the, the immediate moment of fear, but it could be long-term if you're in fear every day. The second you wake up in the morning and you're just paralyzed all day long because all you can think about is fear, 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 fear. Then that's going to send you in some really bad decision-making directions. Okay. So we already mentioned cortisol. So so cortisol is released in response to the ACTH, which brings about the rise in blood pressure, blood sugar, and white blood cells. Uh, The circulating cortisol then turns fatty acids into energy ready for muscles to use should the need arise. So here again, it's preparing your body for fight or flight. It's preparing your body to fight back or to survive, right? We need that, right? So, the catecholamine hormones, including epinephrine or norepinephrine, prepare muscles for violent action. If I'm pronouncing that that hormone wrong, then forgive me. Uh, But it prepares the muscles for violent action. These hormones can also boost activity in the heart and lungs. That reduces activity in the stomach and intestines, which explains the feelings of, of, you know, we can get what they call butterflies in the stomach. And then it inhibits the production of tears and salivation, which would explain why we can get dry mouth, okay? It often comes with, you know, major uh, episodes of, of fright or, or fear. Then it dilates the pupils, and that produces tunnel vision and reduces hearing. So now we're in trouble, okay? So we, we allow it to take hold to that degree now we're in trouble, okay, because now it's, it's, it's putting us in a situation where, you know, we might be okay if, if we're seriously in trouble, but if we're trying to make logical decisions, not good, okay? Uh, the hippocampus, which is a brain region that is dedicated to memory storage, helps control the fear response along with the prefrontal cortex, which is part of the brain involved in high level decision making, okay? This is executive centers, what I've referred to in the past. And these centers assess the threat. Now, I'm going to get into more of this when I come back tomorrow, uh, but we'll pause at that point. So please join me back tomorrow as we continue this, because I am bringing this down to a very important point that you need to hear. This is Michelle Steffes, Reframe and Rewire. Please share this. Thank you for joining